Hey folks, Celica here, creator and host of The Color Girl Beautiful. If you're tuning in for the first time, thanks for coming through. We're currently between seasons and we'll be back with brand new content later this fall. But not to worry, there's plenty of content for you to check out in the meantime. Obviously, the episode you're about to listen to right now is amazing, and we believe the entire back catalog is worth your time. But if you're looking for a place to start, I recommend episode one, which is an introduction to the show's genesis, or episode four, which just happens to be one of my favorites. After that, the sky's the limit. I hope you stick around, and I'm super excited for you to hear season two. Anywho, happy listening, and see you around. So appearance is kind of like everything to me. I mean, I feel like it's an extension of who you are. So I believe that that's very important because how you present yourself is what the world sees. And it's not that people should judge a book by its cover. However, it should be totally your expression of yourself. I don't believe that people should let the world dictate to them what is beautiful or isn't beautiful simply by the way that they look. I devoured fashion books like Seventeen and when Essence, you know, came out, it was like everything to me and I wanted to be in that world. And more creatively, I wanted to be in the world than the straight modeling. I wanted to do both and I wanted to look like, you know, a model looks. I didn't want to look like a white model, but I wanted to look like a black girl that was a model. So as a model, I was 15 and I got a um, modeling contract at a store in DC. Now I remember um, when I was young, some models wearing their hair natural because I was like the 60s and the 70s. But by the time I was young enough or old enough to model, in the late 70s and early 80s, your hair would have to be per- permed or pressed. Yeah. But then I would model sometimes. I was a size two, maybe a three. And they would always say, you have to lose weight. Your butt's too big. But I'm like, but my butt fits in a size two or three. Yours doesn't. But because that's my shape and because they are taught that it should be a white, blonde-haired girl with a flat butt or, you know, a smaller butt than mine. Um, they don't even know what they're doing to you. They're just going by what the standards of the day is. So I also was a very um, creative kid. You know, I, I, I made games. I, I drew. I painted. You know, I made cards for people every uh you know, anniversary, Christmas, whatever. And so I, I had a love of fashion. I mean, I was a girly girl. And so having this love of fashion, and you can put fashion and creativity together, is what really influenced me. And I noticed when I made my, my first niece, I made a doll for her that looked like her. And I gave it to her. And her mother said, you should be doing that. That's really good. That, you should be making dolls for people and selling them. 
And then I thought, oh, wow, dolls and fashion. I can still get my fashion in there because at this point, I didn't want to be a fashion designer anymore. I just wanted to buy clothes. I didn't want to make them anymore. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, um, I thought, yeah, that would be great. I really felt like with a doll, you can put in it what it is you want. You can nurture it. You can love it. And even though it's this inanimate object, it is still this presence of you. And that's what helped me to see myself in a better light. You know, that I really am a beautiful person. What I do is what I'm supposed to do. Dolls really helped me to understand the perception of me, you know. And I was volunteering at a museum in D.C. called the Anacostia Museum. And they had a show, I think it was um, Quilts and Dolls. And they said, I was a docent, but they said, you know, would you like to give a workshop? Because you make dolls and we have kids that come from school and they need to do a workshop. So I did a doll making workshop for them. And when I was doing the doll making workshop, what I found was that a lot of kids who were brown and black were creating dolls. You know, they were just using blonde hair, trying to make blue eyes. Some would pick white dolls when they were brown. And I would just like go to them and say, no, how will let me make this doll look like you? And sometimes they'd be like, eh, but I, and I would be like, but look at your hair. Like if I make these braids and I put these barrettes on, if I make her dress like yours, would you like that? And they'd be like, okay. But when I finished, they were so just looking at the doll, like they were so pleased, like they actually saw themselves for the first time. Now think about this. This doll is an abstract um, vision of themselves. This doesn't look like them, like if I had painted a portrait or or created a doll in exact their image. But this was an abstract version of themselves. But they were so excited, boys and girls. And I was like, hmm, there's something there. So... I just decided I would go and try to study self-esteem. Knowing my own self-esteem issues, I was like, and I didn't pinpoint all of my self-esteem issues. There were other things that had come out, you know, but I just studied it and I figured I could do some of these things. I mean, some of the stuff I even got from just going to church. um, Yeah, I just like incorporated a few things that worked for me and decided this would really work. So that was one of the ways that I decided that I would not only help them to release negative self-talk, but to replace them with positive affirmations, love notes, whatever I can find. I have one way. Sometimes I have teenagers write a love letter to their younger selves, and then I have them, you know, shred it and stuff that in the doll because I need the doll to hold the energy of who they are. And there's something about holding that energy and then creating it into a piece of art that just thrills you. And so that's that's how I do those workshops. Well, I think that I think of the inner doll is the beauty and divineness that's inside of you. And so in making and doing the doll making workshop, I have grown as much as I'm teaching people 
while I'm teaching them, I'm growing as well. You know, so my self-esteem is way higher than it was 20 years ago. You know, 20 years ago, I, you know, I just, I couldn't speak above a whisper if you were interviewing me. You know, if I had to stand in front of a crowd, it wasn't going to go down, you know, because I was just too shy. And I'm not saying it's only because I'm brown or I didn't think I was pretty. It was just that I didn't feel worthy. And I feel like there's so many um, things on television, so many things that people say about African-Americans or Africans, period, of the diaspora that lend us, that gets in our head, that makes us believe the lie that we aren't worthy or that we can't do anything or we can't achieve. And that is all, all um, wrapped up in even our beauty. And so understanding that my appearance is everything and regardless of what other people think about it, I'm supposed to be here and I'm worthy is what I've learned from dealing with dolls. The Colored Girl Beautiful is created and hosted by Aselica Smith and produced by Aselica Smith and Nicole Hill. Our heartfelt gratitude to Sherry Lumpkin for sharing her story with us. She's got an amazing nonprofit called the Rag Baby Exchange, where she runs the doll making workshops that she mentions in her story. I highly recommend you take a look at the pictures on her website of the dolls that the participants make. They are beautiful and the participants are all beaming. It's all very heartwarming. Sherry's doing wonderful work, so please show her some love with a donation if you're able. Links to her site in the show notes. For everything you ever wanted to know about the Colored Girl Beautiful podcast and the original book that inspired the show, you can visit coloredgirlbeautiful.com. We would love for you to subscribe to our newsletter, follow us on social media, or purchase your very own Colored Girl Beautiful t-shirt. If you like what you hear, send this to a friend and leave us a glowing review and a five-star rating on either Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Links for both in the show notes. Thanks as always for listening. This is the second to last mini-sode before we take a break to focus on producing season two of the show. But be sure to stay subscribed because we'll be dropping in on occasion with bonus content in the meantime. Stay safe and we'll see you soon. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.